This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and it's another win for Brentford. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think it is. Something like that in the region. As we went up to Derby on Saturday playing Wayne Rooney's Derby, and we got another result. It wasn't easy pickings all the way, but at the end of the day, we did what we needed to do and ground out a result. And we're very, very happy. Things are, of course, for Brentford still chasing after West Brom and to a certain extent Leeds United for those top two places. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here on our Monday mini-pod recap with Dave Laney Lane. How are you doing, Laney? Yep, I'm very good. Thank you, Bill. Uh, as you say, you know, it's unbelievable, the, the seventh win. Uh, it's, I've not seen it in my lifetime. We may never see it again in our lifetime. I'm savouring every moment of it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hanging on in there. We're more than hanging on in there, but we, we need a couple of other bits to go our way. But I am firmly believing that the dream is still alive, mate. Tell you something, and just, just to, just to re-emphasise for the pedants out there, it is seven wins. It was actually six wins post-lockdown, and obviously we've got the seventh win, which is before that, where we beat Sheffield Wednesday 5-0. So seven wins in a row for the Bees. But like I said, I had a marvellous Saturday, brilliant Saturday as well. Like I said to you, what I love about the Saturdays at the moment now, I mean, listen, these are new experiences for us, and, you know, getting out and putting, you know, the table in the garden and getting my mates around, all that was a really good laugh. I'd love that, and it was new and it was different. But this is what I do like about this at the moment now. We can't go to the matches, but the fact that, you know, you get ready in the morning, you know, you get up early, you start listening to podcasts and listening to, you know, WhatsApping people and just getting a vibe before the match. And then you get in the car and you put your Brentford stuff in the back of the car and you get your shirt on. And even one of my neighbours came up to me and goes, what, what, you know, I've been living there for 13 years. What football team do you support? She says to me, because Brentford goes, oh, I saw you getting in the car with your shirt, with your daughter. You both had these shirts on. I couldn't recognise it. Oh, where are you going? I was going, going to watch a game oh is it on and she's asking all these questions because obviously she realized that you were off to an actual football match you weren't going from you know your bedroom to your living room so down the a406 and around the corner and just you know just getting in the vibe for it and walking in the pub as i did you know went down the glow and the place was buzzing when you walked in and for me i was just thinking football is back i mean i mean brilliant experience lady as well i know that you were you were on the same old tip as well weren't you Yep, keeping the superstitions going. You know, I, I, 
part of me would have loved to have come down the pub on, on Saturday, but uh, you know, I, I do miss that. Um, and you know, it, it will be there again. But I, I just think that you know, all the time this runs going along, I'm going to stay to the, the, the winning formula. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll maybe change things if, if, if that changes. But uh, yeah, like you said about the neighbours, the Annie next door, my neighbour, she knows I'm into my football, but she's, it's never been it's something that I, I, I go out and do. And now it's in the garden. And, uh, you know, we were, we were very noisy three times. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's in, interesting to hear their reaction to when, you, when, when Brentford score. It's, uh, again, something, something that won't ever happen again, hopefully. And we were saying, weren't we, as we come out of lockdown, you know, um, it's not, n- none of us would ever want this. This, this, isn't, this isn't how football should be. And, uh, but you've just got to make the most of it, haven't you? I mean, you, you, could, you can just be like proper Mogadon and kind of say, oh, you know, this isn't football, I don't want anything to do with it. Or you can just kind of embrace it, especially when, you know, we're in a run like this. It's, as I said, you know, it's never happened in my lifetime and, and it may never happen again. So, uh, you know, Brentford winning game after game in the second tier of English football. You can't get bored of that, mate. That's right. And, and like I said to you, I mean, for the second week running as well, we had the, you know, the inside of the globe and the outside of the globe, you know, two separate areas as they are. And uh, it's almost like everyone's got their own little stations now, you know, where you are. And uh, I have to admit, last week was very lively. The outside posse with, with the youth there, they were actually sort of giving it quite large. So there was a lot of banter between the inside and the outside of the globe. Um, the, the youth were missing this week as well. So I think the outside was a little bit more passive and the inside was really running things as well. So we'll have to see what it's going to be like coming this following Saturday actually to see whether or not the outside is going to be coming back on a you know just coming back for a, for, for a recall on the on and, and whether or not they can claim their position as being sort of the lively bunch uh, in, in the boozer as well like you said and, and also tell you something what was interesting as well not only that's cheering for your own team but like I said to you, cheering for the opposition team. And I think we, we've got to kind of probably get a little bit used to this over the next few weeks because not only were we cheering for Brentford on Saturday, but there was a little bit of cheering going on for uh, the opposition as well after the Brentford game had finished, wasn't there, Laney? Yep, um, I, I, I paid my £10 on iFollow and um, paid for the Blackburn and uh, West Brom match. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was we kept, we kept, you know, kept everyone together for another couple of hours and... Uh, you know, I think my head on uh, Sunday morning sort of tell, told its own story. But, um, you know, it, it, it sort of prolonged the, the Brentford sort of euphoria because we needed another result to go our way. We still do need another one or another two results to go our way. But, uh, you know, it, it, it made the, the afternoon a little bit more exciting. The other thing I didn't miss from Saturday was getting up at six o'clock in the morning to meet you at the train station to go up to Derby. That's what I didn't miss. <laughs> uh, that's right. To be, to be fair, I'd actually booked a slightly later train for that one because I was actually flying back. I was meant to be flying back from Holland. I was going to a football tournament with my daughter, Bella, in Holland. Uh, so I was actually going to miss the Charlton game. I was there for Holland for the football tournament with her and I actually flew back and I got a six o'clock flight from Holland or from Germany. I was actually going to wake up at four in the morning, drive to Germany, get a flight from Germany back to London. I landed about 6.30 or 7 in London. I was going to get the train in and then go to uh, King's Cross and then I was going to meet you actually at 9.30, I think it was, lady. So actually it was a slightly later start for that one. So I'm sure you'd be very grateful for that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, <laughs> That's all right. So, but you know, the celebrations when that Blackburn 
goal went in were unbelievable. What was almost better is when they should have scored the goal as well. I mean, I thought that was a dead cert. I mean, you know, if it was Ollie Watkins, you know, he would have just taken it around the keeper and slotted it in. And sort of my heart almost exploded when, you know, Blackburn would have gone 2-1 up. But that feeling was just was great. And it actually turned it into a really magnificent day, cheering not only the bees but also cheering the opposition as well. And like I said to you, we've got a few more of those to come. But Laney, I mean, like I said to you, there was lots of ups and lots of that. It was a bit of a roller coaster on Saturday. You know, watching Brentford, watching, you know, the, the Blackburn West Brom game. You know, if I was to give you 10 minutes to describe in words and sound your roller coaster for Saturday, what would you say? 10 minutes or 10 seconds? Oh, sorry, I can give you 10 minutes, but, you know, we'd run out of time. But 10 seconds then, yeah? Oh, this, is, uh, this, was, this was the sounds in my garden. It was like, oh, yay, yay, oh, oh come on, bees. Uh, and then, Hey! Hey! And then, uh, yeah. So that was that was that was that was it, really. <laughs> For us as well, it was a little bit of a kind of oh, oh, you know, early goal. Then it was like, eh, oh no. And then it's a little bit oh, oh, oh. Hamer is a Brentford fan. Then it was like, oh, oh, ow. When he scored that goal, and then after that it was like, hey! And then after that, this one game was like, yahoo! So there's all sorts of different noises coming from my mouth as well. But um, Thomas Frank, we thought we'd ask Thomas exactly what he or how he would describe those 10 seconds. Yeah, and the pressure was a little bit without intensity, a little bit without mm. <laughs> So that was, I mean, that was just a mad Saturday, but we've still got more to come. Tuesday, I think it's going to be slightly strange, cheering rivals again, but we're not only just talking about, they're not any old rivals, we're talking about our main rivals as far as I'm concerned, Fulham, the big F words. They're playing West Brom and they, as far as we're concerned, need to beat West Brom because once we do that, it puts us in prime pickings to get second place. Now that's a bit of a dilemma, not only for us, but for Fulham, because Fulham are thinking, oh no, we have to basically beat West Brom to give Brentford promotion. But we also have to beat West Brom because we don't want to meet Brentford, because Fulham fans have all said they don't want to meet us in the playoffs. I mean, I know that players are going to be different, but in general, they don't want to meet us in the playoffs because they say that we always seem to have the upper hand on them. So it, we're kind of in a good position here because if the Fulham players have got the same mentality as the Fulham fans, They'll be quite potty for that. But it's more of a dilemma about us supporting Fulham, isn't it, Lady? Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? You know, none of us, none of us want ever, you know, cheering on Fulham to win a game. But uh, Tuesday is very different. And it's, it's a very much a fan issue, isn't it? The, the, the Fulham players, they, they, haven't, they haven't got a consideration about Brentford in their heads. They still believe that they are able to, to reach second position. And, and to do that, they have to win. This, this is their must-win game, must game for automatic promotion. If they drop points at all to West Brom, pretty much their, their, their dream of automatic promotion is over. Um, and the playoffs is all that's left for them. And fortunately, we're we're caught we're caught just outside of the cross crosshairs of that of that battle that's going on because you know we can benefit massively from a Fulham win, and we need it. You know, the, the, it won't be the end of the world if it's drawn, but that still gives West Brom um, you know a points advantage over us. You know, we need to get level on points to, for our goal difference to count as the extra one. And we can only do that if they lose and we win. So the games are running out, we know. It's still unlikely, but it's still possible. So, yeah, 
cheering on Fulham is something that doesn't come very naturally to us, but something we're going to have to do tomorrow. It'll be really interesting to hear from the guys from Fulhamish. They're very, very nervous of basically putting the ball into our hands for automatic promotion. Yeah, Billy, it's not the most ideal situation ever. And I think when we saw the scores roll in on Saturday, obviously we knew you'd beaten Derby and then West Brom drew with Blackburn. We quite quickly realised the scenario that if we beat West Brom on Tuesday, then the door is open for you guys to go up and get automatic promotion and go up to the Premier League. And, you know, we are rivals. We'd rather... West Brom probably got automatic promotion rather than Brentford, but I don't think we're overthinking it. It's if you if you break it down, it doesn't look great, but ultimately we have to win this football match because if West Brom slip up and if you slip up and and in your remaining games aren't all 100% easy Preston chasing promotion Barnsley fighting relegation it's not an absolute certainty that you'll win all three games although you are looking very very good at the moment Um, and and there's a chance that West Brom will slip up as well and we have to be there to take that opportunity and we would absolutely kick ourselves if we didn't win this game against West Brom and actually the opportunity was there and and also a lot of Fulham fans um, were saying when we posted this on Twitter that and you'll like this that we would rather face a slightly out of form West Brom than than Brentford at the moment you are banging form you're banging in the goals and you also have a very good record against us so I think actually you going up means that West Brom are in the playoffs and we'd fancy our chances a little bit more than if you guys were in it so it is in our interest to win it's not <laughs> From a fan's point of view, you obviously never want to see your rivals, but there's no chance of any Fulham fan actually want to throw this game. So, best of luck, guys. May the uh, may the best team win. It's interesting because we're talking about sort of kind of how we can create an amnesty to make ourselves feel better about sort of cheering for Fulham. You know, we start to throw all things into the pot. We were even sort of talking about sort of little charity type of uh, thing that we might have thrown into the pot as well, which is a very good idea. But then we're flipping back to this kind of uh, this uh, superstition thing. And like I said, I'm not superstitious, you're not superstitious, but it's almost like everyone that I've spoken to seems to be wanting to keep to the same old routine. And as soon as we start flipping out of that routine and doing things differently and maybe giving it a bit of large or or just you know getting too magnanimous about things, they start getting worried that you know if anything goes wrong, it's our fault, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, and Thomas Frank, you'll you know hear what he said in, in his interview shortly, but he he mentions once again that the, the modesty um and the kind of like the the grounded attitude the players have got uh they don't want to get ahead of themselves they don't want to give any kind of hint to the media um that they're approaching or thinking about anything more than winning just the next game and then you know carry on doing the right things and and, you know the right things may may happen it's still a big ask to go out you know as i said a couple of times already i don't think this has ever happened in my lifetime um but it, and it doesn't really happen apart from the very best teams in the world that they win seven, eight, nine, ten games on the trot. Uh, that it is so rare, and uh, um, it shows how how difficult it is to achieve. There's always someone that's going to throw a spanner in the works. There's always one club that are able to set themselves up to frustrate. There's always one game where whatever you whatever you create in front of goal. The shots go over, the goalkeeper plays a blinder, 
You know, we saw that, you know, um, as, again over the weekend where Liverpool were on the on course for the record of winning every single home game in, in a season. And that would have matched Brentford's achievement in 1930. They failed. Burnley got a point at Anfield. So Brentford's proud record continues. So, you know, it, it shows you how rarely that these kind of huge landmark achievements happen in, happen in the game. And winning, winning seven or eight is kind of up there with that, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm just savouring every moment, as I keep saying. So we're going to crack on because in this podcast, we've got loads to talk about. We'll be looking back at the derby match at the weekend. And we'll be hearing from the fans straight after the match in the pub. And also we're hearing what Thomas Frank had to say. We'll also be reviewing the weekend's fixtures and looking at how the results have affected Brentford. Plus, we'll be looking forward to Preston's game on Wednesday, talking to our good mate John Lee from the Preston Gentry. Plus, we'll be previewing the midweek matches and we'll be looking at how the results could affect Brentford. But first of all, let's go back to Saturday, where we had a marvellous Saturday against Wayne Rooney's Derby County. So the match against Derby... Another win for Brentford. But before that game, did you know that there are actually only four teams in the whole world with a 100% record since restart? Those teams were Atalanta in Italy, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid and Brentford. And after the weekend, that was well, that record is obliterated because Atalanta, they drew to Juventus. So it's actually Bayern Munich, whose season's over, Real Madrid and Brentford, the only three teams with a 100% start, uh, 100% win record. Now, I'm saying that now with a lot of touching of the wood because as we keep saying about this superstition thing, we start throwing these things out there and then it starts to go horribly wrong. But at the moment now, things seems to, we seem to be able to keep things relatively in tow. But that's a pretty impressive record, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, you know, just shortly ago, that, you know, it is, it's ridiculous that you know these things don't happen very often so um but you would i mean we i think we all thought that derby county was the game that we probably may drop the points you know we might get a draw out of that that was the one out of the, the remaining fixtures where we were kind of like looking a little bit more nervously at the moment you know stoke away is is looking tricky they they they, they won at the weekend um and then obviously preston and then barnsley they've got they've all got, they've all got something to play for so none of them are going to be easy, but you know it's just what's what form are we in? And in looking back to the derby match, we we shouldn't have doubted it for a minute. The players are just you know just so focused. You know from the from the first whistle they were up and at derby, and then from the first whistle of the second half up and at them. Um, and you know Ben Rama's goal was just something to savour. You know I don't think anyone would ever get bored of watching that over and over again. So listen, let's go back to the pub after the game to listen to what the fans had to say. Unheard of, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, mate, awesome performance. Mate, what a talisman Ben Rama's becoming. Uh, it's been a joy to watch him grow these last few weeks. Um, we ever seem not reliant, but he just drives so much. Awesome, mate. Really is. We just f- need a result to go away this afternoon now. Yeah, oh, mate, first half was really tight, definitely, but I think quality prevailed. Um, obviously, Ben Hamer done us a favour, threw one in, which is excellent. Agent Hamer, is that? Yeah, Agent Hamer, that's right. He loves us, we know that. Uh, he paid us back today. Um, mate, again, awesome performance. First half, it was Tetchy, KG, but just like last week, well, in the week against Shelton, Ben Rama 
drove that performance. He drove to turn around on Tuesday, or, or was it Wednesday, whatever. And he's done the same again today, I think. He has taken the game on a scruff on the neck. He's a special talent. Um, got us over the line. And I, I honestly think we can win every game now. I, I, we keep doing it. I think we can win all three next ones. Let's just hope it's enough. Well, I think it comes back to this belief that we've got that we are the better footballing team when we're playing when we're playing against these teams so we can relax at half time and come out second half and control games and with a, with a sort of confidence that there will be chances and there's a good chance we'll take them and then we'll go on to win the game as we seem to have done the last seven matches I think a lot of games in lockdown lack the energy and pace of games pre-lockdown um, but I think again Frank's tactical mouse works whatever he said in half time obviously came into play um, and I, threw out, I thought throughout the second half we, we were really strong um, yeah but I agree we weren't quite at the races but we did what we needed to do 1-6 scored I think 14 goals conceded 2 we weren't at our best today but I thought we, uh, we got the job done in, um, in an uncompromising style but we hadn't got our passing game together in the first half I thought our two fullbacks could have come into the game a bit more. Um, it was an interesting duel between Sibley and um, De Silva, the two left-footed midfielders. I think De Silva won the day. Our passing should have been better in the first half. In the second half, a bit of good fortune, aided by special agent Hamer. Um, and then I think we took control and Derby really couldn't see a way through after that. I don't know whether we saw something in Hamer today that uh, was an instruction out to the team to, to have a pop but I think the, the first goal was, was the first Ben Rama goal was well struck and a bit of good fortune the second goal Billy was a moment of brilliance it was a fantastic strike and I don't think many keepers in the league would have saved that I didn't think we had the greatest game especially in the first half I thought we, we struggled a little bit to get going uh, the passing was a little bit wayward um, uh, Rooney was sort of pulling the strings in from midfield we weren't really closing him down as much as I'd like to see but uh, I thought the second half, I thought we, we sort of came onto our own. We got that goal on the run, against the runner play slightly. Uh, but uh, Ben Rama's goal, oh, wow. Uh, that, you know, I'd like to say they'd win the league, but you, know, you can only ask for what they're doing at the moment, which is to win games, and uh, we're definitely doing that. Bill, it's so lovely to see the Bees get another three points. They deserve it. We got an early goal, and then we took a lapse. But we never, we never gave up and we fought back. In my heart, I will never give up on the bees, whether we're up or down. I know we can do it this year. As I said before, there's magic in the air and we will achieve and we will continue. So up the bees, all the way, forever and always. I am a total bees supporter. I know two players, Ben Rama, Ollie Watkins... Ollie Watkins smashed it out of the bags at the beginning of the game. I was literally on fire, jumping up like a lunatic. I turned into a Brentford hooligan. I'm getting a Bees t-shirt. I've had the best afternoon here. Last weekend, I, my friend Kerry bought me. I went, oh, I don't know. Not really into football. I'm converted. My boyfriend thinks I've gone mad. I work at a school and the kids are like, Miss Butler, Miss Butler. I'm like, yep, yep. You could be Ben Rama. You could be Ollie Watkins. Amazing. It's such a good feeling. And the pubs are open and Brentford are amazing. Come on, the Bees. Fast, fast start out of the uh, blocks. Quick early goal. 
absolutely boss midfield. I mean, Josh De Silva is really growing into being a bit of a general in that midfield. Um, and, and I think really there was a stage in the game today where we kind of took our foot off the accelerator. I think it was possibly the second second half of the first half. Um, but again, yeah, if we focus, bring them back into, into line. I mean, that third goal from Barama, that was something special. The curve on that ball, I mean... Yeah, again, same thing I said to you last time, Billy. Legend, legendary player. That guy's going to go far. He's really, really good. He was amazing. Uh, comparing to be at home uh, and just by with your family in front of the computer and suddenly be around your fans again and all your friends is amazing. And it's an, a, another feeling. It's not the same. Yeah, but the amazing thing for me is that the fans, we are nervous, but the, the team doesn't seem to be nervous at all. They are so... Uh, I don't know, so sure about their abilities, about their results, is incredible. It's like, is it no doubt they're going to win every match? And do you think that maybe is because we're actually not there? <laughs> must, must be that. Perhaps they enjoy that we are not there. Honestly, I didn't really see much negative. That You're always bound to get a slip or two in any match. And it was a, it was a simple error that, that they scored from. Derby looked fairly dangerous from set pieces. But as soon as we got together again I mean Derby plays very very little threat I, in, I mean in any of the games since we come back there have been so few mistakes we have played such good football that uh, it's, it's remarkable really I, I don't think I've ever seen football like it so everyone's very upbeat of course I mean really great game a really good result the fact that we again we controlled that game as the way that we saw it out we had a little blip in the middle, which got everybody worried. Of course it would do. But, you know, when the second half came, you could see that we were growing into the game. And, uh, and we just got, you know, we had a bit of luck. Fair enough. We had Agent Hamer, as we said, in goal. Yes, you heard the, the singing in the pub there. You know, he's a Brentford fan. Now, ben Hamer, like I said to you, the goalkeeper when Brentford got promoted in 2009, the, the Andy Scott years as well. So, you know, a bit of fondness for the Bees fans because that, that was a good season, that was. That was a season just before we just started to kind of get into this new era that we're in now where Brentford decided to change and morph into the Brentford that we know of now. So that was kind of the last of the Brentford of old. And uh, we were, you know, we were a good team, but we'd come out of the bottom division, you know, the third to the fourth tier, as it was then. And Ben Hamer was the one that led us to there. And he thought, I'm going to give you a hand and push the ball into the back of the net. It was very funny that moment, wasn't it, lady? Yeah, I thought I thought he'd saved it. Um, I'd, I'd looked away by that stage, and then I heard everyone else sort of like celebrating. Um, same, the, the sun was in uh, was kind of not perfectly positioned. The sun, I can't move the sun, you see. But and the telly, the telly was sort of there was a bit of glare, so I couldn't really see. Um, I couldn't see Ollie Watkins coming in for for his tap in for the first, and then now. Uh, I did. I didn't see the fluff by Ben Hamar, um, but yeah, it, it really did help us. It wasn't. It wasn't the best. It was a great build-up and great move. Um, ben Rama definitely got a bit lucky with that strike, but he certainly didn't get lucky later on. That was just perfection. Um, we did kind of talk about really the the reaction in the garden um, after Derby had equalised. Brentford seemed to have stopped doing what they were doing well before that. They, 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 the passes were starting to go a little bit awry. Um, the intensity wasn't quite there. And, you know, again, Thomas talks about that in his post-match interview. But I felt that I was getting the word Aggies wrong, but I, my stress levels were going up against the players. 
and I, I don't I haven't felt that since since lockdown I think I think the levels and the standards they've set have been so high that when they drop below that you kind of you kind of expect them to kind of step it back up again but one question that we did we did have after the game was do you think the players are benefiting from having no negativity at all in the ground? Yeah, well, I mean, the Allard brought that up. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's an important factor, you know. So, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, you know, Charlton going ahead, would there have been murmurs for Rosleff and would he might have heard a couple of, you know, sort of slaggy off comments and then, you know, would, would, have, would the pressure have been up by having 2,000 bees? You know, kind of uh, with a change of change of attitude in the in the terraces. I mean, you know, it's all it's all hypothetics. But uh, what what I mean to say is that you know, it it, it seems that the players, uh, you know, the, there is an extra ingredient with them literally just being able to treat every game like a training ground, and they pr- they probably have got used to this situation now. This is the, this is their new normal, and and you know, it's, it'd be interesting to be able to speak to them and speak to Thomas Frank. At some stage, about how all of this has you know impacted the, the players' results, um, if at all. I mean, Ollie Watkins actually spoke about this after in, in a press conference that he did, or or in a post-match interview, I think that he did, and he was asked about the fact that there were no fans. I think it might have been the West Brom game, even it was one of the, one of the earlier games, and he said actually we quite like it. He goes because we can hear each other, we can talk to each other. You know, we can hear instructions from the bench, and he said it's not really a problem where it's more difficult. Where uh, and he also said we, we could, I think he said that we can concentrate on the game as well. And like I said to you, the Allard mentioned this in the last podcast that we did, and he just said that he felt that after a while it's evened itself out because the pressure is less on the players. Because if things go horribly wrong, we uh, naturally will just go out there, we start shouting and screaming, you know, at the players to start, you know, kicking the ball, just get the ball up there. You know, but they don't feel the pressure to do that. And the one thing I've noticed about Brentford is that even when we went behind against Charlton, we just carried on and did our thing. We just played and played and played until the goal came. You know, whereas beforehand, you know, you felt that there might be a little bit of a panic where all of a sudden you just change what you're doing to try and actually kind of get the ball in there. So I think that maybe this has been a real learning curve for us to kind of just realise, have belief in who we are, what we do, and knowing what the end game is going to be and they just carry on doing what you do until you do it. And even if it's late, you know, 75 minutes till we got a goal against Charlton, it was probably a little bit earlier, obviously, at Derby County, but it was, you know, a bit later on till Ben Rama got the third goal, which really sealed it for us. And that's the one thing that I really like, where we're just continuing like a machine to just do what we're doing and do what we're doing because we've got belief in, in where we are. And just looking at this post-lockdown record, you know, seven matches now, um, you know, uh, six matches. We scored 19 goals. We've conceded two goals. I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a ridiculous record. We scored 78 goals. We've conceded 35 overall. If you compare that to the opposition as well, we really are a formidable force. Yeah, and, you know, it's got to the stage now that we, we don't actually need any more goal difference. You know, the, the goal difference is so superior to everyone else's that they're just not going to be able to get anywhere close to that. So, you know, one nil wins or 2-1 wins or 3-2 wins, it's just all about getting the wins now. Um, you know, obviously getting the clean sheets and, and getting the big score lines is, is great for the confidence and it, and it shows that, you know, what you're doing on the football pitch and those patterns of play and the, you know, the philosophy and sticking to your guns um, and, you know, pass, pass, pass. 
you know, it's the right way to go. And I think, you know, looking at the restart and every game pretty much being on television, well, every game has been on television, um, if, you've got, if you've got the eye follow, um, it's, it's almost like watching a, in a micro, under a microscope. We don't often get the chance to see us like this, where every match is, you know, there's, or every chance there's, a, there's an action replay or there's, a, you know, there's, there's a, the ability to kind of like watch, it, watch the highlights and, the, and again at half time. Because we've got no big screens at, at, at Quicken Park, it's just something that we, we, we don't do. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a weird, it's a weird way to watch a team. But, um, you know, and I, I, hopefully it's all sorted out for the start of next se- season, whenever that is. But, uh, you know, for the moment, I'm just going to carry on enjoying it. Just to looking back at this Derby game, you know, what we were good at and what we needed to improve on. I mean, we were good at effectively creating goal-storming opportunities from through balls as well. We were very effective at creating goal-storming opportunities from long shots as well, as you saw with the Ben Rama as well. And we're strong at finishing. I mean, we, we really did put the ball in the back of the net, hit the post, you know, so we're good at that as well. We were caught offside often as well. You know, we dominated the possession. We liked our long shots. Uh, I'm going to come back to that in a minute as well. Derby Fountain, what they did is they stole the ball from us quite a few times, which is uh, something which is a little bit of a worry we said um they created opportunities from long shots as well and uh, they went down the flanks as well you know you had your jaden bogle who obviously created that opportunity down the the, the right hand side as well which created a right create the goal also they're effective at creating opportunities from counter attacks as well um but they they just made loads of mistakes really derby county and eventually we kind of got through them i mean just looking at the uh the, you know we use whoscored.com just to check out you know who's who what's what who's doing well for brentford you know ben rama obviously he was you know he's had three number tens with them he had a number nine as well they thought he was absolutely fantastic um the way that he played you know attacking wise causing them problems but also tracking back again which is becoming a big part of his game as well um mark Condes, you know he got a 7.8 Condes as well, you know, since he's come into the side and he made a start this time, again, he's been one of those players which you've noticed he's been so influential in kind of, you know, keeping a really solid midfield, keeping a dogged midfield, making sure that, you know, that the other midfield, um, the opposition midfield doesn't get a hold on the game as well. And Bumo, 7.1, he got, Ollie Watkins got a 7.6 as well. He works so hard, he really does. Uh, interestingly, all the other players as well, though, you know, De Silva with a 7, you know, Mads Rosliver with a 6.5, Jansen 6.8, Ethan Pinnock got a 7.2, which is, you know, which is not bad. Henry 6.7. Again, it's so, so, and I think it reflects the fact, I mean, they gave Brentford 6.86, so we didn't even quite get in the sevens, that our performance was all right. You know, we got the result, but it probably wasn't the best performance, uh, and even Thomas Frank said it wasn't the best performance in the world, but the fact that we actually managed to get a result out of it is a good thing. Yeah, but we limited them to so few chances. You know, they had the goal was well worked in the end by them. I still think there was a challenge missing in the build-up to that, or two, probably two challenges missing in the build-up to that. Uh, but, you know, I think overall, we, we limited them to so few opportunities that, you know, if we, if we obviously take ours at the other end, we've, we've, won the, we've won the match. So I think that's, they're the positives, really. You know, we, we, don't, we don't want everyone getting 10 perfect scores every week at this stage we just now need to just do more do more than enough just to win the game but you know if, if we if we we get one opportunity for everyone to be on a 10 out of 10 you know it'll have to be at wembley <laughs> and talking about taking chances the stats for this game the xg brentford 1.69 to derby's 1.04 
But the interesting thing about it is that, you know, the amount of chances that we created, because normally we used to walk in the ball in the back of the net almost, creating those perfect chances, which have got really high XG. But not in this game. I mean, Ollie Watkins in three minutes, okay, he had a big chance. Uh, 0.65, so 65% of chances like that would have gone in the back of the net. We also had a big chance, 42%, which is Bumo. But Bumo hit the post, okay, right? So 0.42, 42%, it rebounded. Then Ollie Watkins put it in the back of the net, 65%. So that's created most of our sort of XG there. Other than that, all the other chances were much lesser chances as such, which were like Ben Rama, you know, the, the goal that he scored, the second goal that squirmed under Hamer's body. 3% chance that shots like that actually go in the back of the net. So all recorded shots like that, only 3 out of 100 have actually gone in. Also the Ben Rama goal, very similar. 3 out of 100 recorded in that position, that style, have also gone in as well. The silver, when he hit the post, great, great shot as well. But that was only 5 out of 100. So, you know, 0 0.05 was the XG. So all, all the chances that we created, you know, we just took a shot. We just said, we saw the ball, we saw the goal, bang, back of the net, which is a real change. So what I thought was interesting and different for this game, all of a sudden Brentford was taking an opportunity to take shots from afar, where we're normally the team that tries to walk it in the back of the net. You know, we want to get the highest XG as possible, trying to get in a position where you know that 90, you know, 70, 75% chance you're going to score. But this time we were taking chances from, you know, 8%, 5%, you know, the long shots, which look wonderful on TV. And we were having a go. And I'm just wondering, do you think that they just thought, tell you something, let's just go for it. Let's just hammer them and let's just give it to them. Or do you think we actually thought Hamer's a little bit dodgy? So we're going to actually have a chance of scoring if we just keep on taking shots at him? Yeah, well, obviously they thought he was a dodgy keeper and they, they were right to, to make that assumption. You know, obviously the, 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 the coaching staff and the players would have watched Derby's last few games and, you know, Derby fans themselves have been on Hamer's back uh, recently. So, you know, the criticism that's come his way is not, it's not sort of like, it's not come out, it's not happened overnight. This is uh, his form, he's, he's been struggling with in, in recent weeks and, you know, you, you don't really like to see it. It's not, you know, he, he was struggling and he'll... He almost scooped another one in, didn't he? You know, um, shortly after, you know, conceding. Um, if, he, if he'd have been between the sticks, it, it may have been another fumble. Fortunately for him, he was, you know, he was wide of his, his left-hand post and, you know, he went out for a corner. But you could see that he was struggling. He was cursing himself. And, you know, he, he was certainly one that benefited from it, from an empty stadium. And I know, you know, the manager, Cuckoo, afterwards, he said, you know, it's, it's too much to blame... The goalkeeper, um, if you if you've got an attacking forward, you know, in, free in the area with a shot directly um, at the goalkeeper, then you know you've got to question the build-up and the, the, the defence positioning. But you can't take away the, the the perfect ball that was played to Ben Rama in the build-up to that. We we carved them apart when we had to, and that's the one thing that we've got to be hopeful for, is that when. It matters our ability to carve any team open. It just carries on, you know, and that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing again on Wednesday night. It's it's a bit of a not a cliche, but um, you know, Brentford have Brentford have been playing this way pretty much all season. Uh, some some results haven't gone our way, and there'll, there'll always be games that frustrate us, as we've said. But at the moment, we seem to be an, un, an, an unstoppable sort of uh you know locomotive and i just you know i just I keep saying i'm just enjoying every second of it 100 right laney and just looking at it from a traditional stats point of view you know 
We had 17 attempts on goal. Derby had nine attempts on goal. From open play, we had 14 attempts on goal. They had five attempts on goal. Three each, set pieces as well. Uh, Derby had one counter-attack. We didn't have any, which is quite interestingly for us. So it shows you, you know, if you come down to the fact that 14 open play attempts to five for them, but actually they created very little from that. They created one, pretty much one chance out of that, which actually scored the goal. It shows you how much, again, defensively, our work is limiting the opposition in actually what they do and actually creating open uh, open chances. Yeah, and we, did, we didn't we didn't give Wayne Rooney any, any opportunity to boss that game, and that, I thought that was in, that was a, that was an important uh, you know change in Brentford mindset over the last decade or two. You know, in times times in the past, we've come up against players with his you know maybe not quite his caliber, but you know big name players in in teams that we come up against, and we kind of like recoil slightly. Or, you know, when we go to big stadiums, we kind of get a bit overwhelmed by it all. That's, that's just so old Brentford, you know, we don't, we don't do that anymore. We just go to the stadium and we just play our stuff and whoever's in their team, they're not, they're not really as good as us, you know. And uh, I thought Wayne Rooney, um, he looked a bit, I don't know, just a bit lost at times. Um, you know, he's certainly, certainly sort of way past his best. And, you know, I, you'd say he wouldn't get in our team. And that's that's an incredible thing to say. And you wouldn't want him in your team. You wouldn't want what when when have we ever said you know in the past you wouldn't want a Wayne Rooney in your team. And I'm saying it now. We wouldn't. And it's interesting again. Who scored? Com game Wayne Rooney six point nine, which is the second highest score for Derby. Martin got seven point one, which is quite interesting because everyone thought he was fairly donkey-ish in his approach. But he also he, he works. He does work quite hard, you know, Martin. But Rooney, like I said, six point nine. I thought he didn't have a bad first half. He was okay, and he was uh, he he was trying to dominate play, but he just faded. And after that, we just didn't give him much in the second half. There wasn't much there at all. And it's interesting talking to my daughter, who's obviously she's only eleven years old. Uh, she's very much into her football now as well. And she was there when Wayne Rooney played against the USA and uh, for, for England that time. And she was like, who's this Wayne Rooney person? So she hasn't got the same thoughts as what we might have about him. And she just looked at him and goes, oh, he looks so old and he's like so slow. And, you know, why does everyone think he's so good? And you try to explain to her, oh, he was one of the England's best goal scorers that just didn't quite get there, Bella. And she's just like, but he's rubbish. Like, you know, so I, I don't think it's quite fair to say he's rubbish, but he's definitely not the Rooney that we knew. No, and I, I also saw that obviously it's you know his danger is from free kick positions in and around the area and there was a few times that the derby players were looking for fouls on the edge of the area because they know that obviously that's one of their key strengths fortunately the referee waves them away every single time there was a couple that i thought oh actually that's that's a bit more that's probably a bit more 50 50 than than you know it's, it's not an absolute like wave wave that one away i actually could have been you know, on another day, that may have been a foul, but uh, you could see that, you know, that was, that's a big part of their play is getting free kicks in and around the danger area because that's one thing that he hasn't lost is the ability to deliver an absolute killer free kick. Let's listen to Thomas Frank and see what he had to say after the game. You're going away to Derby, um, winning a fair win, um, against a strong derby side that are fighting for top six. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed of the work ethic. I'm impressed of, you know, a lot of the things we try to, to talk about, talk about performance. We put in a, a performance again. We um, talk about that attitude, coming out with the confidence and belief we can do. Look at the start. We just, bang, 
it's our game. We just want to dominate, score one nil up. Uh, but we're humble because we know it's going to be a, a hard game. So we need that unbelievable hard work. Uh, and then that togetherness when we are a little bit out of rhythm. I think especially the first half. I think we uh, we, we 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 went one nil up, and then then we lacked the quality on the ball. We could have killed them off with three or four good counter-attacking opportunities, but we lacked the decision making on the on the final pass. And then the pressure was a little bit without intensity, a little bit without mm, power we normally have. Uh, but we we came through it, and it was not like like Derby, you know, just you know, uh, totally dominated. And just had one chance and another chance. So, but we are not on our normal high level, um, and we need to, of course, understand that Derby is a very good side that they, that can hurt people, and we need to run after them sometimes. Um, second half much better, started much better, and since the first goal, I think we were on top, and uh, then another fantastic one for, from Said. And from there on, I think we, 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 we controlled it home. I wanted us to control it even more, being better on the ball, but um, that's the next level. We like to play a type of football where it's um, like organic in a way, where everything is, is linked together offensively and defensively. Uh, but we know in football, sometimes you just can't produce that chance with some of the patterns you want, and then you need that individual quality, and we have that in, in abundance in, in, in this team. So it's good that they, they showed it um, today. But we look strong defensively. I think we, we, we're giving them, uh, I need to see, maybe two or three half chances, I think, and then, of course, the goal. Um, and we're just getting used to that. Uh, we're giving almost nothing, so there was a tiny bit more today. Uh, but, but again, solid, solid, solid performance. We, we like to do everything we can to dominate the games. We like to play attractive offensive football and sometimes um, you are in a position where it, it, it happens more often and um, you can just see the boys they are enjoying to play together and we're also talking about that enjoy it go out there express yourself and they definitely do that we, we've done our job um, we're pleased there's um, I think a little bit more bits of, from this game I like to, to adjust going into the next one but but I'm 100% sure we're ready for the next one on, on Wednesday night and then We'll check the results, we can't do anything about that, but uh, we focus on the next one and want to win the next one. So the weekend results, just seeing how those affected Brentford. Don't forget, first of all, catch Paul Harrison's post-match article on Besotted.com as well. He does a post-match review and also he just reviews the results and he just gives a little vibe on how the, uh, the, top, of the top of the league is shaping up. And don't also forget, while we're here, check out Ian Westbrook's pre Preston feature Tuesday morning will go up on besotted.com but Leeds cemented first place with a win against Swansea an 89th minute Pablo Hernandez goal Swansea nil Leeds won and that was one tell you something with Leeds there's almost like been a little bit of a kind of people holding on to keep their fingers crossed that Leeds fall apart again but the reality was that Leeds were just uh, too good a side and they, they, they were never going to crumble so far that they fell out of this promotion race and I think that this result actually sealed it for them yeah yeah I mean we're, we're obviously you know we, we love it when the wheels come off uh, for Leeds so you know you're obviously you know always looking for that you know absolute belly belly ache laughter um, at the end of every season it's not going to happen this year is it uh, they've learnt their lessons from last year and the season before and the season before and um, they're they're going to go up and they'll, they'll go up as champions and you've got to, you've got to take your hat off to them and you've got to say well done um, and it's, it's for us now to make sure that we're we're up with them and we can we can renew our acquaintances so uh, yeah it was obviously a bit gutting that Leeds scored so late in the game 
But, you know, we were obviously clutching at straws a little bit with Leeds. The, the, the West Brom results are the ones that absolutely directly um, you know, affect us. So, uh, you know, that's just one less thing for us to worry about, if I'm honest. I had to admit, I actually tuned into Leeds TV. Uh, I was going to switch to, I was going to go to Swansea TV, but my daughter said, no, absolutely not. You know, let's watch Lee's TV. So we watched Lee's TV. And uh, to be fair, I thought actually Swansea did all right. I mean, Ayu was decent. I mean, he was decent when he came down against us at Griffin Park yesterday, uh, last season. I think he even turned the game. I think he was a sub and he came on and he turned the game. But he was he was quite decent. Brewster, player who you think if he gets a sniff, he might get a goal. And they really did hold them out. They actually game swung when Wayne Routledge came on and he was rubbish. And then I think their game went to pot after that. They got knackered and they got that 89th minute goal. Um, you know, Pablo Hernandez. So they're on 84 points, three points ahead of West Brom, who actually dropped the points against Blackburn. The prediction is that they're going to get 91 points. We'll come on to that a little bit later. Two, you know, two wins and a draw is what they're looking at. So uh, Blackburn, West Brom, though, that was that was the one. You know, before the weekend, West Brom were predicted to go seven points out of 12. So they needed two wins and a draw. And, um, you know, they were going to get 87 points, they predicted. Now, interestingly, they're predicted to get 86 points. So an extra six points, not seven points. So that result had a little bit of an effect. So... They're looking at them getting now two wins. So looking at that, it looks like the prediction that this game must have been a, uh, a win for them. You know, it must have been a win prediction. Um, Fulham would probably have been a loss and a draw and a win from QPR and Huddersfield. So this has kind of set them back a little bit, um, which is interesting. Again, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, but this was the result, which is the light at the end of the tunnel for us, Laney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were looking for a chink, weren't we? We were looking for um, just another club to give us, uh, a, 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 you know, that that door opening moment, and uh, it's, it's 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 pushed a little bit wider, but it's not it's not completely and utterly gaping open now. You know, we we need we need something else, and this is why obviously tomorrow's game um, against Fulham um, is, is so critical for us. So we're we're all be cheering on. On Fulham for that, for obvious reasons. I thought Blackburn played pretty well in, in parts. They they missed some chances. Um, West Brom missed some chances as well. It's, it's, it's a game that could have gone, you know, either way in terms of a you know a, a positive result. But you know, in, in the end, I, I think you know we were we were all delighted. It was just you know I, I, the, pre, the previous few games since since we since we've beaten West Brom, they they've been they look decent you know and, and they were getting some luck going their way and even when they were dipping below you know their, their, their optimum form they were still getting the wins so it was it was just critical that you know we weren't winning and the other the other two were winning and it kind of just made it a little bit irrelevant but uh you know it's uh, the, the, the season with three games to go of the normal season is is still still pretty you know, we can say it's wide open but it's there's still loads to play for and loads to get excited about for Brentford. West Bromwich Albion, second place, 81 points, three points behind Leeds on 84 and three in front of Brentford with three games to go. So uh, obviously we talked about us, Derby, Brentford, 3-1. You know, we can't talk that before. Before the weekend, they predicted us to get eight points out of 12 with 83 points predicted at the end of the season. Now we're still predicted to get eight points out of 12 as well, 83 points predicted. So if we do better than the eight points out of the 12, you know, well, it's eight points out of 12. It's, uh, you know, it's a five points out of uh, nine now for the next three games. If we still do that, better better than that, that actually puts us in good stead, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But interestingly about that, I was just trying to work it out. 
two wins and one loss, obviously, they, they went for us to go for. So Stoke must be the game that they're getting us to thinking that we might lose. So we'll talk about that when we talk about the matches coming up in midweek. But uh, that's very interesting. Fulham, two. Cardiff, nil. Mitrovic with another goal as well. Anonima as well. You know, they were predicted to get four more points before the end of the season. Currently on 76, you know, they'll get to 80 uh, and win one more draw and a loss. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. But Fulham, as long as we carry on doing what we're doing, uh, you know, that's it. We know we've at least got that third place locked down. But again, this comes back to them and uh, and, and, and tomorrow's matches. But that was, uh, was, was that what you expected, lady? You know, the Fulham to carry on their train? Yeah, I, I did. I, I watched the game on Friday and... Um... Fulham probably did deserve it. Cardiff had their moments. Um, they looked they looked decent in, in parts. I thought I thought um, Fulham's penalty. Some people say it was a Stonewall penalty. I still think Mitrovic turned his man and he was he was falling down before there was any contact. He I, you know he did he did a brilliant job to, to win that penalty and the penalty itself was absolutely you know perfect rising into the top right hand corner it was un- unsavable so you know they, they have got quality there and i get i guess like in hindsight you know obviously we were obviously hoping that cardiff would, would, would do you know do 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 them do them over but it's probably better that fulham uh you know are going to west brom with belief and you know in with a chance but we hope that you know they don't obviously overtake us but if they do they deserve it so you know let's, let's, let's not forget that we've got no divine right to be there if we are there then we would have earned we were earned it and we would have you know won one more of our, our remaining matches so yeah fulham fulham going up to, to west brom is absolute must watch material on sky tomorrow it's just you know five five o'clock i shall be glued to my tv i'll be out in the garden again that's for sure Forest won, Preston won, uh, again, Brentford's bogey team this season as well with a result against Preston that they'd probably be a little bit disappointed about and uh, probably sums up Forest's season and Preston's season to a certain extent, I suppose. Um, Forest probably would have wanted a win and that one to kind of push themselves on, but it kind of goes to show you how they flip between doing all right against the top teams and then not doing so well about other teams who are probably deemed as being in a lower position to them. And uh, it kind of always puts a question mark about Forest because, you know, with Forest, if you look at the stats people, they say that Forest are basically positioned higher than where they feel that they should be. And they believe that Forest maybe should be sort of four or five or six or maybe in lower places below where they are at the moment now. But to be fair, they've got Lewis Graben, who's a man who, if he gets the ball in the right place, he'll put it in the back of the net. And he's really been the difference. I mean, they've got Lolly, they've got Cash, they've got some really good players, but he's really been the difference. And they are, you know, despite these sort of, dodgy results that they get they still are a bit of a threat aren't they Laney? yeah they are i mean we know that they've held the voodoo sign over us this season with two two wins but for, from what i've seen of forest you know since since lockdown is that they they don't they don't excite me to watch you know they're not they're not like a real like um expansive team they're, they're they're very functional they look a bit flat most of the time if i'm honest with you but they just all hang in there and they they know they're going to create a chance and they've got a player that normally takes that chance and i, I still don't see if you know if you're comparing po- the two clubs post lockdown we would play them without much fear you know obviously fear and you you know that what they're capable of what they've done to us earlier on in the season but you know based on the evidence of the last six games 
we don't we don't go to the city ground or they don't come to Griffin Park and us be quaking in their boots, you know, in our boots. We we are, we are confident of playing pretty much everyone. You know, yes, of course, we're nervous if we've got to play Fulham again because we've beaten them twice, so they're due to beat us in the same way as, you know, we're due to beat Forest. And, you know, this, this Swansea, I know, I know Swansea obviously lost to Leeds yesterday, but they they got a chance. So are, are, they, are they more of a threat? Um, they're, they're more of an attacking team. We don't always have a great time against Swansea. This season we have, but, you know, we, we know that if we're not on our game, they, they've got a, a, a way of playing that will probably, you know, be able to unpick us. So, you know, there, there are threats. There are threats and there are, I am concerned. But, you know, if we carry on winning, it's, you know, it's up to other teams to, to kind of uh, to, to sort of come close to us. And the teams for sixth place, Cardiff City lost, as you said. Swansea City lost as well. Preston drew. Uh, so they made a bit of the ground. Millwall lost as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I said Millwall, Millwall won as well. And Derby County lost. And Bristol City, newly revived Bristol City, who've got such an outside chance of possibly getting that as well. They, they won as well. So that's kind of giving you a vibe of what's happening at the weekend or what happened last weekend in and around the championship. So listen, looking forward to the midweek games we've got a massive game against PE. we're going to go up to preston to find out exactly what's going down with the PE. so it's another big game coming up for the bees this time wednesday night preston the gentry are coming down to griffin park and we need a win that's a hundred percent we need a win but also preston need a win as well because they've got faint hopes of the playoffs still and to get that faint hopes back on track, they need to beat the mighty, mighty bee. So we thought we'd go up to Preston to get a little bit of knowledge from the gentry up there. A fine man he is as well. John Lee, one of the many, many PE gentry. How are you doing, John? I'm good, Billy. Yeah, good. Are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Like I said, I'm still smiling after last weekend. Wayne Rooney's derby were put. Well, we were jousted him, didn't we? We, we? we knocked them out and we, we move on, as they say. Well, you're doing that to everybody at the minute, never mind when Rooney's derby. You're just about, just about everyone who comes in your path, aren't they, at the minute? Yeah, I know. But like I said to you, these things, anything can go horribly wrong. And that's why we're a little bit nervous of you guys coming down on, on Wednesday. But listen, we'll talk about that. But I mean, before that, obviously, we were off. We had no football for, what, so, well, for what, four months, five months, you know, for a very long time. We had the lockdown period, as we call it. Mean, how is your lockdown up in Preston? To be fair, I, I quite enjoyed it to a point. I've, I've got past that enjoying it now. But at the time, we, we, the world pressed the pause button. Uh, I'm 53 now and we've never done that before or hopefully ever again in my lifetime. But just that, that pause button being pressed and just stopping the, the treadmill that we all live on every, every day, every week. Um, it was just nice. No pressures, no pressures to go anywhere. A lot of family time. Just some nice times you know good i mean that sounds good i mean the same thing down there we've been talking about it week on week you know everyone changes their style like i said spending much more family time which i think is probably the big upside of getting out and doing different things spending a lot of time watching different tv programs people will be learning spanish and french and you know economics and all sorts of stuff so like i said to you making a, a good situation out of bad but you know obviously just like us you are missing your football you're missing your peony i mean i met you guys you know oh I think it was the, the year, it's either the year that we went up, the, the Alan Judge put us up, it was either that year, it might have been the year before actually that we met you with your first Gentry Day. 
Yeah, it was the first one when we met you guys. And then I think we had a reciprocal where you came into the now dear departed Sunders pub and, and did a bit of uh, stuff in there for the for the blog, um, for the podcast. And um, we've been in touch ever since, really. It's, the game in September now seems a, a lifetime ago, though. That's right. We'll talk about that in a bit. I mean, that, that does indeed. But like I said to you, met you guys, you know, a good six, seven, eight years ago now. We kept in touch with not only you guys, but, you know, basically a lot of the Preston fans. We formed a, a really good relationship with you, too. So much so that it's pretty much our first uh, away day that we tick off as soon as the results come out. You know, we book our train tickets and we get up there. We have a right good laugh. Like, you know, I mean, last time, like I said to you, we met you last, um, last September and you met us off the train. We like to give you a good tour. You took us to at least six or seven boozes before the match, which is uh, brilliant, including the one with the... Tell us the story about that one with the well in the, in the, in the floor. Yeah, that's um, the gin bar in town. It's got the well, which, although the water at the bottom isn't authentic, the, um, it's called the plough, spelled P-L-A-U, and the, the bottom of the well is, is authentic, although the water isn't now, that is for sure, but that was the original street level. So that, there's a lot of interest in that, but very historic part of Preston. Right, you know, and like I said, you were in the basement, completely pitch black almost, and you looked and you just basically looked like you, you you were standing in a in a hole in the wall with all this water. It was quite it was quite bizarre. So it was a great day, except for the the, the, the 90 minutes of the football, which we would rather not talk about, to be quite honest with you. But like I said to you, you love your Preston, but also you've got a bit of a left field thing, kind of like what we did when we used to go up to Full Kirk back in the day as well in our droves and we went up there six or seven or eight or nine times at least and we've got a really good relationship with the Falkirk fans who come down to Brentford all the time now and you've got a relationship with another team haven't you? Yeah, well yeah it's a team uh, in your part of the world at Corinthian Casuals original non-league the oldest amateur football club in the in the country um, still amateur that is and we we bumped into them one day when our game at Crawley had been called off a waterlock pitch at seven o'clock um, and their game at three bridges just around the corner from Crawley's ground went ahead and we formed a link there with the lads and been to watch several games now we sponsor players we've got some good links with them so we, we formed a little group called northern casuals which I think last time we took a full minibus down to uh, to tolworth which is an experience in itself so but it's a really really good bond we've got with them guys as well too and I saw the documentary the other day as well on the TV about the, the formation of the Corinthian casuals. And if you can't catch it, just try and see if it's on YouTube or on, I don't know what channel it was actually, but just, just Google it, the documentary of Corinthian casuals. I think it might even be on Amazon Prime as well. Um, but it's actually really, really interesting, you know, showing how the Corinthian casuals was one of the very first amateur teams and how they had a number of players, I think, in the England team. And a lot of the teams were very unhappy with them at the time because... Uh, of, of, of basically them coming up through because you know football is a bit of a sort of kind of upper middle class sport as well and uh, they kind of bucked that trend didn't they well yeah and half the team played England at football and England at cricket as well they were they were true sportsmen um, and, and obviously the story of the trip to um, Corinthians Paulista um, is that they never actually made it for the trip in 1914 because the first world war broke out and uh, they turned the ship around and they were pretty much all wiped out in the first few months of the war. So some hundred plus years later, the, the Corinthians were invited over by Paulista to play a game in the new stadium. So it's, it, it, like you said, it's a brilliant film. Whichever team you support, that is football spirit at its finest. That's right. So coming back to where we're at now, 2020 post-lockdown, Preston haven't had a great post-lockdown. You were firmly lodged in sixth place. 
before we went into isolation, as it is, and then you've come out and one game out of six, you've won. What's gone wrong? To be fair, we weren't that good going into lockdown. You know, we'd, we'd lost some games at home that we shouldn't. And if you look if you look back at the pre-lockdown and the post-lockdown, it's a run we're on, just interrupted by the lockdown. We've had an inability to kill teams off this season. QPR was a prime example where we were winning and they should, we should have been out of sight in game B against a very mediocre team. But they, they did what they had to do and we just don't finish teams off. And I think the manager's just got a bit too... He's, he's trying to match the team to the opposition all the time. Where early on in the season, we put our team out, we imposed our game. And I think he's overthinking it a little bit. He's a, he's a school of thought a lot of fans have. Really? I mean, Alex Neil. I mean, he, he did, he's done all right with you. He's did all right with Norwich. Are you still sold on him or are you in the sort of question you zone? I'm not a great one for sacking managers, apart from the obvious, Mr Wesley. But I think um, Alex Neil is becoming a bit of a pattern. We do OK. We get to the last seven, eight games of the season, as did Simon Grayson before him, to be fair. We, we we always get ourselves in a really good position, win one of the last eight and finish 12th. It's become a bit of a standing joke in town that anyone for 12th are going to finish 12th. We, the club don't help because we, we sell our best strikers and we don't replace them. And we sold Jordan Hugel to West Ham. Everybody knew we needed to spend some of that money on a replacement. We, we haven't done that. So it's unfair to judge Alex Neil. For it all, but I think he is overthinking things at the moment. Saying that, I mean, I heard that you were struggling up front, you didn't really have a striker as such. I mean, you talk about selling Hugh Gill to West Ham and maybe not replacing him, you'd lost the kind of the fight and the battle that you had. Um, but saying that, I watched the, the Sheffield Wednesday game and I actually thought that you did pretty well against Sheffield Wednesday and you're, uh, you're, you're well, you're you scored three goals and you look quite incisive, yeah, and that's exactly what we've been asking for. So instead of sitting back and letting the opposition have the ball, we went after Sheffield Wednesday for a minute one. And we put our intent on them rather than waiting to see theirs against us. Um, we should have been three or four up at half time. We all knew what was going to happen. They were going to score first. I personally thought that would be that, but we managed to make three inspired subs uh, and three great goals, to be fair. All three of the goals were, uh, were pretty impressive football. Um, but we just haven't been doing that. We've not been putting those three goals in. So at half-time, when we hadn't scored, you knew we were going to concede and we'd be the ones on the back foot. But to be fair, Alex Neil, and he did the same uh, against Forrest. We went after them. Very dodgy penalty. It's just that inability to put it in the net that's that's killing us this season. So, I mean, who is... You know, obviously, you've got ability in your side. You've got some decent players. And not be funny, but you were right up there. And people, actually, even at one stage, I think they were touting you possibly for automatic promotion. Obviously, you've died off or tipped off a little bit since then. So uh, what players I mean, should we be looking out for? Who's exciting you at the moment? Um, well, we've got a bit of an issue tomorrow that four of our best players, uh, Wednesday, sorry, four of our best players are not playing, probably. So Alan Brown, Ben Davis, Ben Pearson, Patrick Bauer, and Daniel Johnson's doubtful as well. But that, that's the spine of the team there, really. did. The, sort of the solidity of that team. Uh, Bauer and Davis have been pretty good in the main at the back. Pearson and Brown, two main midfielders. Uh, and then Daniel Johnson, he gives us a bit of flair. He, he's out, doubtful, I've, I've heard this morning. But at the minute, I mean, we're looking for more from Scott Sinclair. A great finish against Sheffield Wednesday. I don't think there's many players in the Championship could have showed the cool that he did for that goal with two defenders on him and a lot to do when he got the ball. Jaden Stockley suddenly found his shooting boots and scored a couple of good goals in the last two games. But for me, it's about getting the right balls into the forwards. I think a lot of the um, players who we have would struggle because some of the service hasn't been there. But the last two games, Chef Wednesday, Forest, it's been a lot better. 
Wednesday, the match against the Bees. I mean, you were really gutted. I mean, this was your annual Gentry Day, and it was also your final visit to Griffin Park. I mean, for people out there who don't know what this Gentry Day thing is, just give a brief explanation to, to what it's about. Yeah, the Gentry Day now is, is a day every year we remember all the PE fans no longer with us, especially those who've, who've died in the last year. Um, and it's a day that we, we, we mark. It was it was brought back in the Billy Davis season when um, we got to the playoffs at Wembley. We were managed in 1971 by Alan Ball, who described the PE fans once as not as football fans, but as gentry. And it was it, it took off then. Fans started going to the games in bowler hats and suits and Anyway, it lived its course and died out. And then one of the original founders of the Gentry, John Tracy, died. And it was relaunched as a memorial to him, really. But it stuck and it's got bigger and bigger. I think a couple of the Brentford ones now have been my favourites, to be honest, because uh, stood on a terrace behind the goal, having had a good drink with you boys in some good pubs around the ground. He's, he's everything that we all got into football for, really, rather than the sterile environment that we're quite often forced to sit in in the corner these days. So. Brentford was the ideal venue because it replicated what, how it all started, if you know what I mean. An away game, a big following, and stood on a terrace behind the goal. You're playing Brentford, OK? You're in the weird position of actually having Leeds fans begging you to beat us. I mean, how does that feel? I saw that on Twitter this morning, actually. I read a few. Leeds, Leeds don't normally like anybody, do they? But suddenly they're all pressed in now. Um, yeah, it's a big game, isn't it? I'd much rather be going into it with those four or five players that I mentioned in the squad. We're bringing, you know, Ledson, Paul Huntington and Jordan Story, who's just come back from nowhere. Had two good games, to be fair, but um, they're, not the, they're not the players who are out. Um, and I've watched a lot of Brentford games this season and he wants to get on that momentum going on a roll. It looks fairly unstoppable to a lot of teams. But runs after went somewhere. You're seven wins on the trot. We're not expected to win because we've got a few missing. These are the games where it usually, you know, I've got a chance uh, so, yeah, we've got to go. We know we've got to get something, so I think we'll give it a good go. We check out 538, which said it's a stats site. Nate Silver, very, very respected statistician from America. He's all wrapped up in the American political um, race at the moment now, but he dips into football every now and again, and he's done his little predictions for the end of the season. And his prediction actually has um, Preston North End finishing uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th uh, place, is it? 6, 7, 8, 9th place. So finishing in ninth place on 66 points. You're currently on 62 points. They reckon you'll finish on 66 points, which they believe will be three points short of Cardiff City, who are on 69 points. And your goal differences are sort of similar. They're plus five, you're plus three. So it's almost like you need to maybe get three, maybe four extra points to make sure that you, you have got a chance of getting into that playoff place, which means that, I mean, they would have had us beating you on Wednesday, so it means that you have to beat Brentford to actually have any chance of making the playoffs. What do you think? I think that's a given for all of us. But we've said that every game since we came back. We said it against Luton and we only drew. We said it against Huddersfield and we only drew. I mean, they're the two games we'll look back on and say, post-lockdown, what's cost us a place in the playoffs? And it'll be Luton away and Huddersfield where, again, we've controlled the game. Luton had conceded in the last minute, having battered them. Huddersfield, we just didn't look like scoring, really. Um, so every game is a must-win. Forest at home on Saturday was a must-win, but somehow the, the championship is um, is such that it just nobody wants to go up and everybody just keeps losing. So you just never know. We need a result, though. I think it will be over if we don't get a result on Wednesday. So 
How do you think the game's going to pan out? I mean, you've got Brentford, you've got our BMW, as you know, you know, scoring 50-plus goals this season. We've got a tightest or second-tightest defence in the league at the moment now, which includes Pontus Janssen and Ethan Pinnock. You know, we've got our flying wing-backs. We've got Norgard in the middle, who kind of starts to solidify things. How are Preston going to combat this? Good question. I'm sure Alex Neal's got a plan. Um, it'll be a different plan than he had a week ago because he's lost four, four key players this weekend. I think what he needs to do is imp- try and impose our game. If we sit back and let Brentford come at us, then most teams in the division would get beat. Um, I think we've got to we've got to use people like Jaden Stockley, a bit of a battering ram, Scott Sinclair. We've got to we've got to use that um, creativity that we have still got left. And um, I'd like to see more from Sinclair. To be honest, I think he's been a little bit. Um, underwhelming since he signed for us because we had such great expectations in the, in this division but I don't think he's been helped by coming in and then the football stopping but I think um, I think we've just got to try and impose our game and go for it we may as well lose going for it than sit back and, and wait for the onslaught So I'm going to ask you for a score prediction how do you reckon Bees and Preston Wednesday night? <laughs> they will, Hart, Hart says we'll nick a 1-0 and really frustrate your, your promotion ambitions Ed says we'll probably get beat two or three, but we live in hope. It's, as, as Preston fans know, it's the hope that kills you. Two or three. Give us a score. Give us lock it down. Two. Two nil. Yeah. To the mighty, mighty bees. All right. OK, listen, like I said to you, we are not counting any chickens at this moment in time. Everyone's got their traditions. They're not they're not they're not switching from their traditions because we know that anything can go horribly wrong at that stage. But all I can say to you, good luck for the rest of the season after Wednesday. Of course, we need to get our points and wrap them up. Then you can get as many points as you want to after that. That's one thing. It'll be too late if we don't get them points off you, Billy, but we'll give it a go. So, John, absolutely brilliant chatting to you again. And I'll definitely speak to you after the game and maybe we'll have a virtual beer that sounds like a good plan let's definitely do this with a beer in hand win lose a draw and, uh, and we'll dissect the game but good luck to the bees you know i want you to go up because you're a club very similar to us and it just shows what can be achieved but we will miss coming down to brentford next season uh, if you do so anyway we'll uh, let's see what happens on wednesday cheers billy cheers mate so that was john from the gentry who gutted they weren't coming down for their big gentry day, so they're going to be watching it on the TV in their bowler hats, no doubt, and their suits and all sorts of stuff, you know. Big shout out to John, you know, and the crew up there in Preston, you know, watching the game on Wednesday night. And fingers crossed, they're going to be more disappointed than we are. It's going to be a tough game, though, Laney, man. Just looking at the strengths and weaknesses of Preston, they're good at free kicks. Right, they're great at free kicks, so we can't give away free kicks. We know that anyway. They're good at coming back from losing positions, so they don't give up as well. They're good in the air, and they're good at protecting the lead, so we can't let them go ahead. Um, but what they're not good at is defending against through balls as well and defending against set pieces. Like I say, they like to play the ball in our half as well. They like to attack down the right. They like their long balls. They play with width. They're, they do rotate their players, which they're going to have to, obviously, because they've got quite a few injuries as well. And they're not that aggressive. So, I mean, looking at those characteristics, how do you think that we will come up against the PE? Look, Preston are one of those teams that over the course of the last two or three seasons, they've shown that they not only compete at this level, is they, 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 they've been knocking on the door to, to be going up. Their season this season has been absolutely excellent. Uh, you know, it looks like they're probably going to fall just a little bit short, but they're one of those 
clubs that are in the same kind of bracket as us. You know, we're what we pay our players, you know, our turnover, what we can bring in in match day revenue. They're, they're punching above their weight like we are. Um, and the first first half of the season, they were above us. They were they were achieving more than, than Brentford were. And, you know, it, it just shows you what a well-run club that, that has been. They're missing players, I think, on, on Wednesday. And I, I think we'll be too strong for them. But you're, you're right, you know, we, we've got to be savvy. We've got to take into account. And obviously we will. You know, we, we've done our research and, you know, We've got teams of people at Jersey Road doing their research on Preston as well. So we're not, we're not, it's not as if we're not going to be prepared for them. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they offer a physicality that some of the other teams uh, that we've played recently um, haven't. And uh, I, I think there are, there are threats from a couple of key areas that you've just highlighted. I just think, all being well, we're just too strong for them. And, you know, we, 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 sh- we, should, we should prevail. Interestingly, on Saturday, they brought in Marcondes to kind of shore up on that right-hand side because we, you know, we felt against Charlton, we might have been, in the first half anyway, we might have been a little bit weak on the right and that's where they, they attacked us. Um, but I'm just interested, and again, we're not picking on him, Ruslev as well. I was quite surprised that Ruslev started on Saturday and obviously Thomas Clank's got ultimate faith in him and obviously the long-term game in keeping our players fresh. Do you think maybe because Roslev played because he felt that he could have done a job on Saturday and he wanted to keep him fresh for Preston, who uh, you know who offer different types of problems than uh, than what Derby County have done? I'd be really surprised if Dalsgaard doesn't start on Wednesday night. I'd be really surprised. I think, like you, I was surprised that that wasn't the case uh, up at up at Derby. Um, it, it worked out fine, and you know um, Roslev's got his confidence is growing. It's better, you know, the more 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 minutes he gets uh, it prepares him well for the remainder of this season and, and next um, but I, I think Wednesday night's game against Preston is, is so important it's, 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 it's the key it's the next it's the next fixture obviously um, it's another must-win game obviously but I just think we need to set ourselves up without any kind of weaknesses anywhere and that's that's not being too hard on, on Rosbeth but you know they they are they may they may identify him you know he may get a lot more uh, balls down his side trying to trying to catch him out they may see him as is a as a route to kind of unlocking our defence so I think you know do, flip it maybe this time start with Dalsgaard and all being well um, bring him off and rest him for Stoke um, I think those rotations are, are kind of key. Um, and you're right about um, Marcondes as well. He's been so influential in this uh, in this like mini mini tournament at the end of the season. Every time he's been on the pitch, it's been a positive thing. Um, and he, he did make a difference on the right. Um, and you know, uh, I think Mbwemo needs to probably step it up a little bit as well. Okay, we're going to come back to score predictions in a minute, Laney. But just looking at the season overall, looking at the the, the matches this week. Like I said to you, we use 538. We've been looking at this <laughs> all the time just to see where they're getting a vibe for how the, the season's going to pan out. Now, at the moment now, there's three more games, nine more points. They've got Leeds currently 84 points they're on. They predicted to get 91. Seven more points they're predicted to get, which is two wins and a draw. They've got 1% chance, they believe, of dropping into the playoffs. West Brom, they've got them on, well, they're 81 points currently. They've got them predicted to get 86. So they predict them to get five more points. So that's one win and two draws from Fulham, Huddersfield and QPR. 
And then they've got us, Brentford, 78 points. Currently, they predict us to get 84 points, which is six more points. So they expect us to win two games and lose one game out of Preston, Stoke and Barnsley. Now, I thought that was quite interesting. First of all, like I said to you, Laney, 86 point West Brom, 84 points predicted for us. So uh, if it goes according to plan, West Brom would get promoted. But however, if it goes according to plan for West Brom and we actually get uh, win all our games, then we're going to, uh, to we'll get the 87 points that we talked about the other day, which is the, the maximum points we can get. West Brom, basically, if they get seven points, that's it. They're done. They're clear. They're promoted. But I thought it's interesting. There's two things here where they they predicted them to get one win and two draws for the remaining games out of Fulham, Huddersfield and QPR. But what games do you think they are? Because I'm sort of thinking to myself, they probably believe that the, the loss is going to be Fulham and they're going to get maybe a draw from QPR and, and, and a win against Huddersfield or maybe the other way around. That's, that's how it's looking. Do you think that's realistic? I'd have them... I'd have them for, you know, obviously we've got to hope that they lose. I'd have them for losing against Fulham. Um, I think they, I think there's a chance they'll beat beat the other two. Um, Huddersfield, they, they've, they've looked okay in, in, in a few of the games that I've seen. Um, they, they, they came up well short against Luton. Um, and then QPR, well, QPR are just losing like QPR at the moment. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't really hold out any hope for that. We just need them to, 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 to lose their game tomorrow. And then Brentford have to win all three. And then that's, that, that gives us what we need. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just critical. When, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday night is, uh, we'll, we'll just know. We'll know more. I mean, we, we, can, we, can, we can second guess and third guess the rest of the season. But I just think, you know, just see what happens this midweek and then we know we know we know we know where we stand we do but also just i just find it interesting to see you know where their these people's heads are at as well you know presuming that we're both going to you know drop a certain amount of points you know if we if we win them all it's great the interestingly is the points that it looks like they think we're going to drop against stoke city now stoke city we thought were dead certain you know safe and then all of a sudden they looked dead certain they were going to be dropping into the relegation zone but it looks like you know it's been turned around at stoke and uh they had a, a magnificent result the five nil as well the other day and again if you look at the sort of stats of stoke they're the type of team who basically do really really well they're right up there in the xg right up there in the table which means they create lots of really good chances which they should do because they've got very 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 expensive players but they just don't seem to put them away they just seem to be a bit of a car crash and they're at the bottom of the league but they almost seem to be that type of team who could sort of pull it out of the bag at any time. And because they're not necessarily safe at the moment now, it could be a bit of a banana skin for us, Laney. Yeah, pressure's on them. You know, they, they, have, they have to beat us. You know, a draw, a draw is no good to them. They have to beat us. They come at us, we, we pick them off. You know, it, it plays in our favour. The, the more games we play against teams that need to win, the more times they have to attack us. And then they're at the bottom of the table because they're not very good and we are at the top of the table because we are very good so yeah if they want to if they want to go toe to toe with us in a game of football we'll win and i i am going to say we're going to win all three coming to the midweek fixtures because these are very very important you know as to how things are going to shape up for us so west brom versus fulham is the big one looking at how the you know the stats people the odds people are looking at it 52 percent West Brom win 24% draw, 24% 
Fulham win. Just to look at the records, Fulham have won four out of four so far. West Brom have won three out of their last six matches. They've lost one match and two matches ended in a draw. And Fulham have won uh, of their last six matches and lost two matches. So they won four of their last six and lost two. Um, the last game between them ended up 1-0 in September 2019. Difficult one. I mean, it's a heart and a head one for us here. I mean, I'd like to put me the heart and the head in the same place and say it's a, it's going to be a Fulham win. But, um, you know, looking at that, again, it's West Brom at home. How much of that home advantage got? I don't really know. Laney, what are you saying? I don't care about being right. Um, I, I'm just going to say Fulham are going to win tomorrow and we're going to win our last three games. I, I, honestly, I don't care if you turn around in three games time and say, oh, you got that one wrong, you got that one wrong. We are on fire, you know. Let's just believe. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a game, you know, West Brom were wobbling on Saturday. Um, Fulham have to go there and put in a performance. They're capable of doing it. They will win at the Hawthorns and we will win our final three games. The odds are saying that as well. Brentford, PE, 60% Brentford, 16% the same to PE. Daniel Johnson, 12 goals with PE, the top scorer. Obviously, Ollie Watkins got 24 goals for us, or is it 25? No, I've, I've lost count. You know, we won all our last six matches. PE have won one of their last six matches. They lost two matches and three matches are in a draw as well. And the last game was 2-0 to Preston, which is really gutting, right? you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, as we said, you know, it's looking our favour, but we need to do the job there. The other the, the other games in, in, the, in this zone as well, Cardiff Derby, which is an interesting one. It's a sixth place team. If we don't get to the playoffs, it may be likely that we'll play them. Cardiff have won three of the last six matches. They've lost two. And the last one has ended in a draw. And Derby have won three of their last sixes, lost two and ended in a draw. They're saying 42% Cardiff, 31% Derby. So it kind of, they're not quite sure. Yeah, it's looking like a bit of a draw, that one, Laney. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah. I reckon they share the points. But, you know, there's only, there's only one result. There's only two, there's only two matches that mean anything um, uh, this, this midweek. I think, uh, you know, by the time it comes to Leeds is the match on Thursday, um, you know, it, we, we should have a much, much better um, idea of how, the, you know, what's going to happen. Really. So, like I said, Leeds, Barnsley, they're playing as well. So, you know, Forest versus Swansea, you know, um, those are the matches in and around us. But if we keep on winning, we know exactly what we need to do. I mean, I've just got to just point out one other thing, which I think is just quite interesting, is the relegation. Wigan versus Hull. I think that's just, that's the other big, big game this midweek as well. And obviously, we, you know, with the Wigan characters and what's gone on around them, I actually would love Wigan to win all their last remaining matches. And this is a huge one for them. They're down spot on for relegation, they say. But if they win two out of their last three matches, they're actually going to get out of it against the odds. Wigan versus Hull, lady. Yeah, I, I can see your point. I can, I can see that you know Wigan have been hard done by, and uh, you know um, you, you probably want to see them uh, pull away again. But uh, you know, I, I, I tell you what, mate. I'll be honest with you again. I've got, I'm, I'm so, I'm so don't give a monkey's about anyone else apart from us. That you know, it's, it's, it's a wrong attitude because we've been in this, this in this division, and it's been a real adventure this season. And obviously, we've been to games up and down the land. And every time we play them, it's, you know, there's a lot of stake. We do a lot of research. So, you know, it's wrong to just kind of say, I don't care about anything else. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to kind of focus on the relegation end of the division. Um, it's, I'm just so, so thankful we're not, we're not down there. What I, what I really um, am a little bit angry about, if anything else, is the, the fact that, you know, there's the, 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 Sheffield, the Sheffield Wednesdays and the, the Derbys. 
you know, the people that have been involved in, you know, selling of their grounds during the course of the season, they've been able to kind of continue without that that situation, any justice being served or whether it's been thrown out or what, and it, you know, the, the, the fact that they've been able to compete this season using windfall money that has been, you know, uh, allegedly been achieved by a uh, less, less than scrupulous manner, then, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's wrong. And I, and I think that, the, the, I know it's a default punishment that, that we're going to have been ha handed out, but their, their punishment of 12 points has been, been hit to them straight away. Um, and I just think, you know, it's not, there isn't a level playing field here. You know, the, the, the football league have to, have to investigate things and, and come up with punishments so, so much faster than this. It's been dragging on all season, you know, and it does affect us as well. You know, we've, we've been competing against teams that I've had an advantage, and I don't think it's right. So I, I would like to see justice prevail. Which is, and it's right, and I think this is part of the reason why we've done the, the Wigan thing. And this Wigan thing isn't anything against Hull, we're just saying it's a big match. But the 23rd of June, the Sheffield Wednesday case for them, actually selling their stadium to themselves, actually was, was started. It's all gone a little bit quiet on that. But the view is that because the Man City result came where Man City actually got let off the punishment uh, for their FFP, in effect, they just got let off today or about that and the view is that um speaking to a few professionals in the game that actually bodes very well for both derby county and sheffield wednesday which means that they probably won't get the deductions that people are talking about and i think teams like you know like wigan uh teams like birmingham city will turn around and say you know it's one rule for one and another for another as well and even teams like brentford who are turning around saying look we're doing things by the rules we have to end up selling our players and these other teams they break the rules but they can get away with it how is that fair and i think this is a conversation that will be going on and on and be working out how later down the line we can actually kind of rectify this and even things up because the authorities really do need to do something about it but let's come back to this game tomorrow because i want to know laney please give me a score prediction the prediction tomorrow is going to be West Bromwich Albion 1, Fulham 3. And the game on Wednesday night is going to be Brentford 3, Preston North End 1. Whoa. OK, so I'm going to go for an edgy 1-0 win to Fulham against West Bromwich Albion on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to go for my straight up because it's worked every single time so far. Prediction level 2-0 to Brentford, the Mighty Bees against the PNEU are coming down here. So listen, this is the besotted pride of West London mini pod, the catch up, the weekend catch up. We haven't got a name for this one yet because we've only done two of them so far. But listen, it's been great catching up, getting a vibe, venting doing all these things and chatting to Laney after the weekend as well. We're actually not watching the games at the moment together. He's in one zone and I'm in another zone. And due to the superstitions, it looks like it might remain like that until, fingers crossed. Forever! Forever! Yeah, until we get promoted. Right, look and said, I'm Billy Grant. This is Dave Lane. We've had great fun over the weekend. I'm still here smiling. We've got games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Just keep going on and on and on. But hopefully if we can get the result on Wednesday then we can look forward to the weekend as we say... Come on, when you be, you bees. Enjoy it wherever you watch it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.